Welcome to The Nine Line, your news and information source for healthcare-related issues impacting Southern Nevada veterans, and a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. And now, here's your hosts, John Archiquette and Joshua Gray. Hi, welcome to the Nine Line Podcast. I'm your host, John Archiquette. Joining me as always, Joshua Gray. Hi, John. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Oh, new fiscal year. New fiscal year. It's uh, <laughs> new year for us anyways. <laughs> that's true. We're not working for free, so that's good also. <laughs> Where'd you go to watch the ball drop? Uh, home. I stayed home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so today we are not here to discuss uh, the new fiscal year. As much <laughs> as I'm sure... Appropriations. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure everyone's very appreciative of that because that's not exactly a riveting discussion topic. No. Um, we're actually here to talk about the Caregiver Support Program. Awesome. Uh, joining us today, we have a returning guest, Sherry Shalika. So welcome back, Sherry. Hi. Thanks for having us. And we have a new guest, Christina Ricker-Bowles, and they're both caregiver support coordinators here. So welcome, ladies, and, and welcome, Christina, for the first time. Thank you much. I appreciate it. Yeah. So you're, you've, you're new to the program relatively, but mm-hmm. you've been here at the VA with us for a while. So uh, it's good to have you in the support role. Um, before we get into dis- discussing the topic of the day, what brought you to the caregiver support program? I am very fortunate. Um, So I've been in a couple of different departments within the VA setting and the caregiver support program is extremely um, warm and fuzzy for lack of better terminology. Um, So I was really happy. I was drawn in and um, have wonderful colleagues and um, have a great work function. Um, So yeah, you can't pry me out now. I'm, I'm pretty happy where I'm at. Well, the caregiver support program is is something that's so important because we see all of the, the work that goes into healthcare here at the hospital setting. Um, but sometimes we forget about all of the things that happen behind the scenes, the, you know, the 24 seven aspect of healthcare for, for veterans who aren't in a position where they can take care of themselves. So, you know, this is a, a program that's just, that's so crucial and so important. Um, you know, that's just a, a brief overview, but can you tell us a little bit about what the caregiver support program does at the VA? Well, it's, uh, it's a program that um, supports and educates the caregivers that are uh, usually at home with the, care- with the veterans. Um, usually they're at home, you know, they're, they're isolated. They don't have a lot of whole, uh, socialization. Um, they have difficulties navigating the VA system, as, as you all may know. Um, it's very complex and very confusing at times, and so... Um, we're just their voice sometimes, and we, um, you know, we we do our assessments, of course, and we we find out what their needs are. Um, but when they need education, when they need classes, when they need um, information, we're here. All of the um, caregiver support coordinators on the team are, um, you know, we come from other programs. We come from other departments, and so we have a, a broad understanding of how the VA works. And when one of us doesn't know, we, you know, we touch on uh, a coworker that does, th- that might have experience in that field. So um, we just come from a whole host of, you know, the social work field. Um, we've got um, physical therapists. We've got nurses. We've got an occupational therapist now. Um and our wonderful support staff that, um, you know, whenever a caregiver calls, 
we put out you know a message on our I am our team teams uh, program you know hey does anybody know how we can help this this caregiver in this type of situation so it's just a broad you know helping type of program um, educating supporting and um, uh, you know the stipend part you know supporting them financially at home when you talk about a caregiver what exactly does that uh, encompass is that is that like oh my my mom's getting up in age and she just lives with me or is there like something medically that goes into what qualifies somebody to be a caregiver well from uh the pgcss perspective from the general perspective that can be anybody that is providing care to a veteran um, at home it can be a relative it can be um a daughter, a son, it can be any, any you know, gender, it can be um, a friend, a neighbor, just someone who is providing care who, uh, to a veteran that needs the help um, and that's at home, that's not, you know, institutionalized or hospitalized um, and that, um, that, you know, that we can assess and be, get them approved for the program. So, as far as qualifications are concerned, they don't have to be somebody who is a registered nurse or somebody who has like some sort of medical background that can can do that. No, no, it can be anybody, and that's uh, why we try and get them to you know join the program to enlist in our program so that we can get them the education and support that they they need. So, for a lot of people, um, you know, who might qualify as being a caregiver, you know, a friend, loved one, whatever there's always the, the thought of, well, I have a job. I have to go to work every day. I can't be there 24-7 with this person, you know, as much as they might want to be. Um, how do you kind of break through that, you know, that trepidation or it's like some of that, that stigma about, like, being a stay-at-home caregiver? You know, I think education is a big piece of that and letting them know if, you, if they're assisting regarding activities of daily living, um, dressing, bathing, toileting, et cetera, even in going to a job from there, that's of great assistance. Um, and then what Sherry was speaking of earlier um, with the PGCSS program, there are two separate programs within um, caregiver support. Um, and so that, that one piece that she was speaking on, anyone can be a part of, and that's really the emotional support slash education side of the program. Um, so that's a big facet, and we, we hope to encompass a lot and really provide that support, especially to those who are isolated and wanting that information and education pertaining to little things such as how to lift your caregiver correctly, mm -hmm. things along those lines, um, as well as connecting with resources in the community. Um, so that's a big facet, and of course Sherry and I are a little partial to that one since we're in the PGCSS program. Um, the other piece that um, is of wide acclaim is the um, PCAFC program, which is the stipend program. For that, there are a bit more restrictions um, regarding that particular criteria. So the um, service member would need to be 70% service connected or higher to meet that qualification. Um, also, they would need to be um, receiving either consistent supervision um, or monitoring. So um, those veterans who might have some confusion, maybe there's a TBI involved, maybe there's dementia, and they, they need consistent redirection and supervision, especially for self-protection. That could be a qualification. Um, also, um, for activities of daily living, again, meeting one of those and consistently can be a qualification. And um, again, consistently 
um, is a big um, key term in, in what they do. So that particular um, caregiver, going back to your original question, um, if they were to work, if they're providing that other assistance, that is the qualification. If they're still working, we, we get that you know life continues and everybody has their own circumstances and situation. So we just suggest they apply and therefore they can um, see if they meet the particular requirements. So you mentioned like helping people learn how to lift people up and things like that. Mm-hmm. Why, why is that important for a, a caregiver to know? Only if they like their back. You know? <laughs> so pertaining to not getting hurt in that situation um, or, um, you know, also looking at, all right, if they need to roll correctly um, to maybe be able to stand up on their own, being able to direct um, the veteran or um, their loved one to be able to do that. Um, so um, what Trey and I think we're speaking of regarding the caregiver's first um, piece has that that's, um, spectrum where it has um, a lesson in there of how to be able to help lift your, your veteran. Um, and we also do um, some other educational pieces such as how to speak with your veteran. I think sometimes um, caregivers get really caught up in that dynamic of, um, you know, really wanting to assist, and we forget um, to also allow the, the veteran to be as independent as possible. Since it's so hard um, really losing your independence, you want to be able to have that as much as possible. Um, and uh, there's also other factors, such as the dynamics within one's relationship, especially when you're a spouse and then you're a caregiver versus, um, you know, just a, a kind of an egalitarian relationship so we want to be here for that and that emotional support as well as education i just i i find that really interesting that that's in there because i think when when i think of like what a caregiver would do Mm -hmm. it's it's almost like a little mini nurse right it's like well i'm giving Mm -hmm. meds i'm helping you go to the restroom Mm -hmm. i'm you know bathing you those kinds of things And i don't think people realize just how expansive being a being a caregiver is and that it does encompass all of those things and and it's important to get training on those things yes yes and and i think also it's an extremely difficult job um and 24 7 i'm fortunate enough i work for the va and that's 40 hours i can't imagine 24 7 um, so uh, we're, we're very fortunate to be part of this program and try to lift up those who need it. So what does that training, like that training mm-hmm. look like for somebody who's a new caregiver? You know, say me, for example, I, you know, I work at a hospital, but I have zero medical background whatsoever. You know, if I were to step into a caregiver role mm-hmm. and have to, you know, provide medications, do some of those you know, crash course things that, a, you know, a nurse would have to normally do. I mean, nurses go through tons of training and have tons of experience. Um, how, how do I catch up to that in order to fulfill that role as a caregiver? Great question. And I think a lot of times um, caregivers know a lot of it already. I think they question themselves, but really innately, they they know what to do and what their loved one needs. So I think a lot of that is just supporting them and trying to get past that doubt. And then the other aspect, um, there is um, something called um, Building Better Caregivers, um, which is a particular um, educational course that all PCAFC um, caregivers go through. And also we can offer it from PGCSS and enrolling the caregiver. And that has a big piece of that of the medication management, as well as um, other tips. It's very thorough. It's self-paced. Um, and uh, so we, we try to provide resources such as that to and again, to give them a 
keep going. You're doing mm-hmm. great, even if they feel like they've got some self-doubt. Well, I, I would imagine that's got to be a huge portion of, of what you guys do is like reaffirming and, and helping those caregivers because, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of self-doubt with people who are, you know, stepping into a role they don't feel qualified to do, um, you know, to making sure you give them those tools to succeed. Um, what, you know, without getting into too far yet about the difference between PGCSS and PCAFC, what qualifications does a veteran need to have for them to be eligible to have a caregiver or to have their caregiver receive support from the VA? And when you say support, meaning emotional support? Any support, emotional, any kind of support. financial, like where, where are the, the cutoffs based on the veteran's qualification? Sure. Um, for our program, for PGCSS, our bar is if you are a caregiver, caregiver being very broad, providing assistance to a veteran who's enrolled in the VA healthcare system, come on in. Yeah, that that's, that's the qualification. It. That is it. Right. So for Sherry and, and, and I, um, again, we're lucky to be very open and open-armed and being able to um, provide that support to everybody. Um, pertaining to the other piece, again, folks like money, and I understand, you know, it, it does help um, with day-to-day things. For, for the stipend program, which is um, the PCAFC program, again, there are more restrictions there. But overall, from a broad sense, if you're a caregiver, we'll love to have you. If you'd like the financial stipend piece and go through that application process, there are some different um, requirements there. And and even if we don't, um, they're not in our programs. There are some trainings that we offer throughout the year that any caregiver can attend. Are these trainings mostly in person? Are they, I mean, it's a virtual world now, especially post-pandemic. It's okay. Um, Okay. But it's not just like watching a video. It's kind of sort of like a collaborative process. Right. Yeah, okay. there's a presenter. We have the SAVE training that's um, open to all caregivers. And then... Um, Do you want to talk about the SAVE training a little bit? Sure. SAVE, save training um, is the suicide prevention training for all of our caregivers. It's it's free. It's uh, offered quarterly. Um, and we talk about, um, you know, just... The, the hardships that the caregivers may be going through at home and what they're what they might be facing and giving them tools um, to put in their toolbox that they can you know look up and refer back to if they need uh, that support or that information so it almost acts as both a training and kind of a support group definitely yes how much feedback have you gotten from caregivers about the the kind of like peer-to-peer aspect of that like does it help? having like other caregivers to be able to talk to? Yes, yes it does. <laughs> I think uh, being so isolative in nature, um, caregiver um, duties in general, I, th- I think are um, mundane sometimes and having to do the same routine. Again, especially those um, veterans who might have some memory impairments, you really have to stick with routine. Um, and so I think them being able to connect with other caregivers who actually get it, who understand, who've been there. Um, Sometimes their caregivers have voiced being concerned about going to family members, um, seeming as if they wouldn't understand or maybe don't want them to know that aspect. Um, Thinking of maybe um, an adult child um, and their, say their father um, is suffering and and maybe the caregiver being the spouse maybe cannot speak to the adult children completely of all the ins and outs of just being tired sometimes being worn out um, and other pieces that come with that, which is very natural. 
it's very um, a human element. But so having a safe place to do that, as well as um, other caregivers to be able to really voice that, I think is very therapeutic. I would imagine, like you talked about, with the the different dynamic of a relationship changing based on the mm-hmm. caregiver. Um, you know, whether that's a, a spouse, you know, kind of losing that egalitarian aspect, or you know, a child having to become a caretaker for a parent. I think sometimes that does a lot to change that dynamic. And I think for a person to be able to speak to somebody else going through that same experience, I would imagine that's got to be very therapeutic. Right. I think you're right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back to talk about some events we have planned for National, Care- National Family Caregiver Month. You're listening to The Nine Line, a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. We'll be back with more right after this. Put a frog in boiling water and it'll jump right out. But put a frog in cool water and slowly heat it up, that frog will boil. As veterans, we tell ourselves the lie that we can handle anything. We let the water boil. You are not a frog. If you or a veteran you know needs support, don't wait. Reach out. Find resources at va.gov reach. That's va.gov reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council. Hey, hon. What you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No. I'm asking you questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo. Do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry. I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003. At four in the morning, my phone rang. They said, I regret to inform you that your husband was wounded in action. Victor sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury. I was doing school full time, and I was also then caring for Victor. One of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself. I just didn't want to forget that I also had goals and that I also had a life. What I did is I challenged Victor to meet me halfway. There are almost six million military and veteran caregivers across the nation. We have our own journey, and we can fulfill that journey at the same time that we are helping our loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving for a free military veteran's guide to navigate your caregiving journey and better care for your loved one and yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Welcome back to The Nine Line, Southern Nevada's source for veteran-related healthcare news and information. Here's your hosts, John Archiquette and Joshua Gray. Welcome back to the Nine Line Podcast. John and Josh here with Sherry and Christina from the Caregiver Support Program. We are talking about the upcoming events for the National Family Caregiver Month. So that's November, right? No. Well, National Family Caregivers Month is November, uh, but our event is going to be October 24th, um, and that's because the auditorium is going to be taken from November to uh, February, I believe. Um, but it's um, October 24th, it's a Tuesday, um, 11 to 1 p.m. in the auditorium. And it's um, our big, big event for the year uh, to celebrate and to acknowledge all of the hard work that our caregivers do throughout the year. Um, it's a, a bit of um, social socialization. Um, we're gonna have fun presentations, door prizes, 
um, our surprise is we're going to have um, our local massage therapy school do 10-minute free free 10-minute uh, chair massages um, to all the veterans and caregivers that are um, that would like one, of course, and that are uh, present. And then um, food, we have a um, sponsorship, and through the voluntary services department, we have food, um, refreshments, um, giveaways. Uh, what what else? Swag bags. Um, I mean, you had me at food and massage. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it'll be fun. Um, we'll have a, a few of our staff members there um, to introduce themselves. You know, because sometimes our caregivers they they they're not able to put a face with a name, and and this way they can introduce themselves and get to know each other. And um, hopefully, it'll be a nice, fun event. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit about in the last segment, but. Um, you know, how important is that that socialization aspect to be able to, to meet face to face? It's very important. A lot of our caregivers, you know, like I said, they they're isolated at home. They don't have a lot of interaction with other other people, other caregivers, especially in the same type of situations they're in. Um, and this gives them the opportunity to talk, to meet other people in you know in in a safe environment, and. Um, and, and meet us and, and talk about things, you know, if, if they, because um, we're going to have um, helpful presentations on advanced directives, um, dental hygiene, and just some fun, fun topics that, you know, they maybe not have been able to think about. Cause. And going back to that peer-to-peer piece, right, it was, um, I know, it, and Sherry and I have really talked about that connection aspect. Um, last year, we had pens and, and paper out, really um, encouraging folks to exchange phone numbers. Um, so wanting that in-person event to be a, p- a place where connection can occur. So that's what we're really stressing as well. For when you mentioned that peer-to-peer earlier, thank you much. That, um, you know, that That's a big piece of this particular event, that we're we're really wanting folks to know other folks and um, as, again, caregivers know what other caregivers are going through and want them to have that connection going forward. So Sherry, last time we had you on the podcast, it was almost two, maybe three years ago. It was a while. Uh, it was yeah. one, of, one of our first episodes. Um, you know, it's been three years of pandemic and we're you know, still on the process of gradually working our way out of that. Um, you know, how have you seen changes within the peer, you know, the, within the the caregiver support program as we're coming out of the pandemic? Um, is this the first face-to-face event we've done? This is actually our, our second. Okay. Yeah, we had one last year. Um, I believe it was in December 2022, and we were very limited as to how many people we could invite and um, and uh, you know the, the type of people, the the veterans and caregivers that that were um, vaccinated. Well, I think we were still limited know. to only having 50 yeah. people in an event, yes. which, you know, it's tough to do once you get all the, the people who are working the event and the yes. vendors and stuff. And we couldn't have food. We couldn't have open containers. Mm-hmm. So we're very excited about this one, and um, we want everybody and anybody who can come to take advantage of it. As long as they RSVP and are a part <laughs> of the Caregiver Support Program, of right. course. RSVP <laughs> VP by October 20th, just so we can get a head count as to how many people people to expect All right, so if you're listening make sure you do that as soon as possible right um, so getting involved with the caregiver support program um, you know enrolling in it um, applications if you want to try to get uh, like a stipend how does that process work 
Really good question. Um, so how they would start is um, there's really a simple application online. Um, that's the, the way that I really encourage folks to go because it's three to four pages, which for a VA um, application is unheard of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's pretty simplistic in that it's um, de demographic information and then electronic signature from both the veteran and then the caregiver. And that really gets the ball rolling. Um, so once that starts, this, the um, same day that we receive that is when the clock starts ticking. And we have a 90-day period um, to um, put that application through. Um, so uh, within that time period, what happens is once we receive the application, then we'll um, reach out. Usually a social worker will reach out um, to set up um, a, a quick intake um, to, to get some general information, making sure that they do meet that qualification. Um, and I'll, I'll go through the qualifications um, pertaining to that particular program in just a moment. Um, but just to give you an overview, once that intake is done, which is um, fairly brief under the circumstances, then an assessment is set up with the social worker. So and that involves both the veteran as well as the caregiver or caregivers. That can be plural, by the way. There can be a secondary caregiver as well. Um, and so um, from there, once that assessment is set up and often done virtually via VVC, um, from there um, an assessment is set up with the um, nurse. Um, so a, another assessment is done at that time. And then from there, all the information is collected as well as um, some medical record-oriented information and then um, sent um, to seat. So it, it goes out of state to make that decision as to whether the application will continue or not for processing. Um, so that's kind of that in a, in a nutshell and it gives you a good starting place. And then from there, if um, it's determined that yes, we're still gonna go forward with that application, um, then um, we look at caregiver training. So setting up with, um, again, building better caregivers, um, looking at that aspect, as well as um, a home visit is done pertaining to um, the, the home situation. Um, and so again, overall, it's a 90-day period, like very fast um, under the circumstances, and uh, brag a little bit. Um, our supervisor, Tiana Humphreys, um, she's really been um, a, a spearhead in getting this done even faster than that. So a lot of turnaround has been done in 45 days. I don't want to get anybody's hopes up, but it is 90-day period, but it's happened much faster than that with a Excellent. lot of different folks. So when you say assessments are done, sure. what, what exactly does that entail? What, what's being looked at? And, and how sure. can, if somebody's getting ready to apply for this program, how can they prepare for that assessment if they can? Sure, great question. Um, pertaining to the assessment, um, so both from a social work perspective as well as I can speak from that perspective, and then of course from nursing, we're um, inquiring about those activities of daily living um, and what's needed. And we ask in detail as to what that looks like and how often. Um, so, so that will be one of the big pieces. Um, we often ask um, what a typical day looks like in the life of. Right, and um, getting kind of a, a good idea in that regard. Um, and then we'll ask, of course, um, background information such as what medications, um, injuries, et cetera. So the, the, the general information that one usually has to provide during an assessment situation within the VA. Um, so, and then from a nursing perspective, they go just a little deeper, I think, in regards to that medical um, perspective. So Sherry, one thing that you had talked about in the break was uh, some upcoming training that you're doing in conjunction with uh, our CDCE program. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the, C the CPR training? 
Definitely. Uh, yes, we're very excited to be able to offer CPR training for our caregivers. They've been asking and here we are delivering. Um, so it's a initiative uh, brought forward by CDCE and CSP, Caregiver Support Program, um, to offer CPR licensing training to at least 25 caregivers. And I'm hoping that we're going to be able to offer this class in January in the education building. So um, be on the lookout for an email or, or news or something on the digital boards um, for about for this class. Yeah, we'll definitely be promoting that on our yeah. social media sites as soon as you yeah. get that information available. I think it's a like, really great opportunity. Right, yeah, I, I agree. Um, one other thing I wanted to talk to you guys about, um, one thing that VA has been really talking about was the, um, the Campaign for Inclusive Care. So how does that Campaign for Inclusive Care, um, how does the Caregiver Support Program meet those challenges from that initiative? Well, it's, it's a big initiative. It's um, including um, not only staff, but it's also including caregivers. So um, Campaign for Inclusive Care was um, brought up by Elizabeth Dole Foundation and um, they wanted to bring up the um, the need for understanding when it comes to veterans care they want to include that caregiver in the uh, medical on the medical team uh, decision making as much as possible um, so it was an initiative that we put together for staff to um, have a broader understanding of um, including that caregiver in 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 the office setting, you know, when um, when they have uh, medical appointments, sometimes the caregiver isn't allowed to go in. Um, but nine times out of ten, that caregiver knows more of what's going on with that veteran at home, probably more than the the veteran does. So, we want to include the the caregiver in that um, in that sense, and also um, at home, um, the caregiver asking for that. Um, you know that ability to be able to be included in, in all the decision making and the um, the medical care as much as possible. So is that just a VA initiative, or is that something that happens within the private sector as well? I'm 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 thinking that Elizabeth Dole Foundation is is trying to um, you know promote that nationwide. So it's not just VA. Yeah, I would imagine that that's would be something that is a necessity to clear up because yeah if you're somebody who doesn't have you're not you're not a spouse or you don't have a, a medical power of attorney to be able to make those decisions or to at least help in getting that information right um, and as you know elizabeth dole she's a very big proponent of veterans her husband um mr rob dole mm -hmm. yeah he's a veteran and sh so she wanted to get involved as much as she could with the va yeah, and that's a partnership that I know that nationally they're doing a lot of work. Um, I know they just had their eighth annual national caregiver convening this year. That's right. Um, so that's something that you know you got to be a part of. Um, what was your experience with that, and also like just in general with with some of our partnerships with um, outside organizations? How do they help to to give support for our caregivers? Um, it, it's very enlightening, you know, all of the things that are going on behind the scenes that we're not really aware of working day in, day out here at the VA. So it's always nice to hear the, the, the leaders um, that are making these laws and, and doing all they can to, to help the veterans. Well, one more time, I want to make sure that we 
we remind everyone um, October 24th. Yes. And what are the times again? 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and the VAMC uh, Auditorium. Okay, and that's for the Family Caregivers Month event. What's is yeah. it a? It's food massages and training. <laughs> <laughs> that's it in a nutshell. Yes. You got the you got the priorities straight. Right, yeah. <laughs> the order of priorities too, by the way. No, I'm, I'm excited for that, and um, it's you know it's been awesome to see how this program has grown just in the time that I've been here. Yes, it so. has grown. Like I've tripled I've, in size. Yeah. I think on on October 24th, John, I'm going to be your caregiver. Okay. We're going <laughs> to go on down that road. <laughs> Sounds good. The caregivers. Excellent. Oh, I'm sorry. The caregiver support program really widened also um, just about a year ago or so, maybe a little longer now, with opening it up to all eras um, of veterans as well. So I wanted to mention that. That's that, a big one, yeah. That is a huge one, right? Because mm-hmm. previously it was just post 9 11 and then it was Vietnam veterans, and now um, it, it's open. So you know, meeting those qualifications, that 70% service connection or higher, needing consistent activity, daily living um, assistance, or that supervision and protection. Um, and again, all eras now. So yeah, we've received a lot of applications and hope to continue to do so. And you can apply online. If you type in even 1010CG, that's the name of the application. And that can help you search through or caregiver support page um, has the link there and can take you right into that application. So you mentioned this application a couple of times, and I think that's the first time that we've heard. Like, if, if somebody's going to go put that application in, where do they need to go? Is there a link on our webpage? Is it a national page? Where do people go to find that information? Good question. Um, so, again, if you go to VA Caregiver Support Program, or, again, if you enter even 1010, um, and then it's a dash CG is the application name. Um, you'll often find that piece um, and it'll bring you there online. Also, for those who may not be as tech savvy, which I, again, there's a lot out there, and myself sometimes I include. I know. <laughs> <laughs> My smartphone is still an enigma. Um, <laughs> so, it, with that, we also can send out paper applications if needed, um, or you can download that um, off the, the internet and again, putting in 1010CG printing it out and then submitting it in um, so you can do so. And we have a very, very kind um, uh, MSA who um, takes all those applications in and then uploads them. Um, and she's here at the um, VA hospital having um, an office here to receive that. So if somebody was just here in the hospital, could they just walk in and they do it? They could pop on by. Okay. They and where are you guys can. located then? Uh, we are close to the auditorium. So um, if I don't know if I'm going to do this justice, but if you're facing the auditorium and then to your left, there's a hallway, um, and um, they are they're located down that hallway. Down that M- hallway. Awesome. M2VA. Oh, okay. Hallway. Right yeah. down where the, that is. Nice. Halfway, okay. halfway down that hallway to the right, and uh, Cheryl Disengano is our uh, PSA extraordinaire. Yes, she's wonderful. I I also wanted to mention our uh, CSP website is um, www.caregiver.va.gov. It contains tips, tools, videos, and links to resources for caregivers of veterans of all eras. And and there's a whole host of things you can get from that, just that one website, yeah. Awesome. So we got in-person options and and web options. Yes. Something for everybody. Digital and analog, just for you, John. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. Well, ladies, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on the 24th. Yay. And um, to everyone listening out there, we will see you again in two weeks. You've been listening to The Nine Line, a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. 
For more information about what the VA is doing for Nevada's veterans, check out our official webpage at www.lasvegas.va.gov or follow us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Las Vegas VA. Thanks for listening.